What was the result? Three, three premiership, three for me and two for them. Well, hey everyone, we're back. Uh, welcome to the Chicken Cooper Pod. Uh, I'm Kieran again. I'm hosting two weeks in a row. Unfortunately, Chris is not here. And today we have a new guest, uh, Saswat. Um, so Saswat is here. He's a uh, Saswat. Tell me your favorite team and your favorite moment since you've been watching soccer. Favorite team is Liverpool, and my favorite moment since watching soccer. It gotta be, gotta be that uh, Matt typical. That's the thing I've ever seen. <laughs> From like, like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> he marauds up the field. <laughs> not a champion oh, league win, not a league win. The nope, no. going on an adventure. Ivakarigi <laughs> scoring against Barcelona. None of that. The finesse on that was just, just amazing. He's been doing it all season. He had to score at some point, and he actually did, which is incredible. I, uh, you know, I, I respect it. I, that's all I can say. Um, but, okay, so before we get into anything, uh, a pretty major world event happened recently. Uh, unfortunately, Russia has invaded the Ukraine, and that is a pretty big deal. It has implications all over the place, and the world's not in a good place at the moment. But... In this podcast, we t- we're talking about soccer, and this this unfortunately does have implications on the soccer world. So two things have happened. The first thing that I want to talk about, because uh, it'll be a group discussion, is Spartak Moscow was kicked out of the Europa League. Uh, and they basically all Russian teams in sporting events have been banned from all sports. But in this situation, Spartak Moscow, they were, they were, they were slated to play Leipzig in the quarterfinals of the or this round of 16 Europa League. And now Leipzig has like been given a buy straight and Spartak's been kicked off. So I'm, I, I know that there was some discussion on this, like how, how do we feel about that as a thing? I'll go to Hunter first. I feel like, like, yeah, like fuck the, the, the Russians who did it, but are we really going to take that out on like sports teams who probably didn't have any, role in it and also probably didn't want Russian like the Russian government to invade um I feel like that's a little harsh um I know the the public opinion in Russia um at least the vocal opinion about the the Russian invasion is not a good one like they like the the private citizens in in, in Russia also don't want the invasion of, of, of their government and their military into Ukraine. So it's kind of like, what is the point of kicking Spartak Moscow out of uh, the Europa League? Because like, what is Vladimir Putin going to do? Be like, oh, I really wanted to watch Spartak play Leipzig. Just kidding, everybody come home. Like, I, I don't think that it does anything. I feel like it's punishing people for no reason and to kind of like make it look like there's kind of a backbone in UEFA. 
Yeah, I agree. It's like, it's kind of a, a knee-jerk reaction, I think. And uh, it's, it's pretty unfortunate. And it's kind of unfair to the other teams as well because Leipzig just gets a bye. And that kind of is unfair as well. So, I agree. I, also, it's kind of weird that like, this is where FIFA and like UEFA draw the line. Um, like, they're totally cool with like, like hosting a World Cup in like Qatar. Um, they're totally cool with exploiting every single country that hosts a World Cup in. Uh, most well, most countries that host a World Cup and don't actually make a profit. They're just like, they just get publicity. Um, Infantino is like, who's the president of FIFA, is like boys with Putin. Um, like, like when I say boys with Putin, he has a medal of friendship like given to him from Vladimir Putin. Uh, and apparently, like, like they asked him on Zoom, like, like, oh, are you gonna keep that medal? And he, and he just like never responded. Uh, so clearly, like, like it's it has nothing to do with like morals or any any of that soft stuff. Apparently, uh, it, it's it's all just like it's all just for publicity and for looks. Um, also, yeah, to, to Hunter and Saswat, like to their point, yeah, it, it like it's not like the, the the fucking like Japanese players or whatever on on uh, Spartak Moscow are. Are like pro Russian, like, and not. I mean, not even not even that to implicate the Russian players. Like, it's not like like Russian citizens. Like, if, if America invaded another country um, for no reason, like there would be protests everywhere. Like, a, like, it's not like the 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 actual private citizens of the country said support it, but um, at the same time, like it, it, it kind of accomplish that. Like that specific ban accomplishes nothing. Um, I do. I do, however, support like the them like FIFA banning the Russian national team from competing everything because that that is a symbol of Russia and and Russia's power or not power however you view that national team but yeah like there's other internationals on the Spartak Moscow team um so it doesn't really make a ton of sense it's kind of just like I, I like to me it seems like Infantino being like oh shit like like what do I do what do I do um so he just like kind of presses like like the Russia button on his computer and then like like tries to just x out all the like, all like the Russian teams from the competition like he doesn't really really know what to do um, and he just wants to avoid bad publicity rather than like actually like taking a moral stance on it. But you know, I mean, at least they did something, and they know they're going to get credit for it because that's how big public corporations work. Uh, I, I mean, I'm kind of. I think I'm probably the only one who agrees with the decision to get rid of them. Uh, in the sense that, like, yeah, I mean, like, I understand what you guys are saying that like it sucks for the foreign, like that it's not their fault. Also, it's not Russian nationals it's not the Russian nationals fault and there are a lot of foreign players on the team like I get all that and that's all true and I think that's all true but the fact is that it is a Russian like Russia just probably got us to the closest to World War III we've been in like a long time and uh, you can't really like just be okay with that and I'm, I'm okay with FIFA just like being okay. all right like I think Russia as a government needs to understand that like you can't just invade countries and have like everyone be okay with it so like things are going to happen and like like I, I mean, I know like economically, their their currencies plummeting, all sorts of sanctions are happening, and this is just another thing, and I think it's okay. But, but like, bro, like, what did Victor Moses do? It doesn't yeah. matter what Victor Moses did. It's a Russian team, and they're 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 straight up invading a country right now. Like, no, I understand, but it's not. It's like uh, that, that's why I agree with the Russian national team, like 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 them banning the Russian national team, but like. I feel like the, the fact that the club teams aren't like a symbol of like like domestic power. They're rather like a, like a symbol of like a lot of countries coming together um, and forming something. And at least, at least this is just how I look at it. And I think that and like I, I understand that. But I think that the the the, the 
it's i think it's the same thing as imposing economic sanctions on them like but like regardless of, you don't think it's like it's like infantino pandering like i i don't think it actually accomplishes anything like i mean i doubt like infantino it, doesn't like believe in this like it doesn't actually matter to him yeah um, but it's still happened i mean i don't know russian daily life is getting fucked up to uh, like like the, i know that it, this is gonna just piss the russian people off more about the fact that ukraine's being invaded and no one needs like i i don't know i think it'll i think it's I don't exactly. I think you're right in the sense it doesn't really accomplish anything. I don't. I don't even know if it doesn't accomplish anything. I. I don't think that the Russian people care, or I think the Russian people will care more if things are happening to them about like them being a country. And then I don't know. It's just it's, I, I, I. don't. I just feel like it's Infantino just doing stuff. Just I mean, I, to be fair, I don't even know if this is Infantino's decision because FIFA and UFA are like slightly different. But like, guys, like I just feel like whoever whoever's in charge of of the corporation that. They push the teams off like i just feel like it's it's them just doing stuff to like say they did stuff rather than like like actually like like giving like maybe like giving money to ukraine or something like like clearly like like the entire uh, world is right. on one side and russia's on the other side uh but like i don't know like people has a lot of money uf has a lot of money you know um they're they're involved in the worst worldwide sport ever like do something rather than like kicking the teams out like it, it, i feel like yeah but like UA- uefa is like a member of like of fifa and, and, and it's also a member of nato i mean it, 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 it will it'll, it will have correlate not a member of nato it'll have correlations to nato so like if western europe and uefa are running like are, are running soccer in that part of the world they're not going to want to be like okay like russian teams are like just because i oh, hear wait i gotta gather my thoughts on this they're not going to just want to be like you can like it's okay for you to invade another country and like our our sect of society is just going to be okay with that like you, we're going to kick your teams out if you do that and i don't know it's not i i don't i don't know if i want to expend so much time on this but i i am i think the dissenting voice here i i i, I just don't even, i just think it's it's fine like it, it's one team it's starting from moscow leipzig gets a buy i don't even know if they're going to win or not it's things do need to happen but, uh, I think it's also worth noting that wasn't the Champions League final moved out of Russia? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it so was like, like that's like that one makes sense. Like let's not like send fans and teams and fans and stuff to probably give Russia much yeah, like, money from ad, from like advertising and stuff. Imagine like, if like Spartak actually. I mean, I don't think they would have won the Europa League, but imagine if they did. Like, what type of like political sub messaging is that would that have sent? Like UEFA well, doesn't want to to deal with that well like that's my thing is like part of it is kind of like you know like what the three of us said like it's very much like oh like kind of like uh uh pandering and kind of like virtue, virtue signaling like yeah like look at us like we're for it even though like it doesn't really mean anything um but i guess just like as a standard all like the governing bodies of everything are kind of like saying like no Russia like like here in the U S a bunch of stores are like removing Russian uh, vodka from their shelves even though like it's not gonna do a whole lot but it's a show of support I guess um, I don't know I feel like kind of like, like that's, what that's, as, like, that's as much power as liquor stores have you know like FIFA has considerably yeah. more power than a liquor store so you're saying that they should be doing more. No, I'm no, I'm talking about Pronov. Oh, I think they should be doing more, different. but I, I think, yeah, and, and different because, like, I think this is in place of more. Um, like, I think this okay. is just like, like, the I think just the fact that Infantino has a friendship medal, consider first of all, consider like, like the, the concept of a friendship medal is hilarious, 
right? It's it's just so funny that, that two powerful adults like have a medal to commemorate their friendship. And and the fact that like it first of all, it's a friendship, it doesn't mean anything, but Infantino refuses to give it up, which is like weird as fuck. Um and yet, like, like his gesture was like, like, oh, like, I'll, I'll get rid of the, the club team in the, in the Europa League. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense, you know. Like, and I, and clearly, like, I, I think, I think that's pretty, like, incriminating in that, like, it's not about, um, it's not about, like, like him actually. He, he just, he just wants to keep his image and the organization's image intact. It has nothing to do with actually helping anyone, or yeah. um, it, like, it has nothing to do with any, any of that. Um, like, like, I understand why you think it's the right decision. I just. I think it's an unnecessary decision. Like I don't like. I, I just feel like 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 why aren't they like why aren't they giving? Just like, like just, imagine like 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 Germany is such a like a, a like Germany is a central power in NATO for in in that which is against this war in Europe, right? If Leipzig loses to Spartak, like that's just not a good like thing to see in in, in UEFA's eyes. Like they don't want to see that happen because that may, that sh- that basically just gives Russia more. I don't know, not propaganda, but like just. It's just not, it's just a messy situation. It, it, I understand why they did it. Um, That's probably the only point that I can see from that is like remove all like possibility of the, the like view of Russia beating somebody where it's like, obviously like Spartak Moscow doesn't represent Russia and and like, it's it's not a direct link to the Russian government or whatever, but removing even like the possibility of Spartak, like, like you said, like winning the Europa League and stuff like that. Just like winning games, like they don't want to see that. I mean, I and like I get why, and it's kind of unfair. But I, I I think it's, I I don't have a problem with it. But okay, I want to move on uh, because another big thing that happened in because of this, like I mean, this is something that I think is going to affect a lot of Europe, unfortunately, going forward. But Roman Abramovich was barred from NUK, and in turn. Uh, and he has apparently, from what I, Hunter, I'm going to give you the floor on this for a little bit, but like, from what I understand, he has given his control over to the Chelsea Charity Foundation shareholders, and but he's still the sole owner of the club. He's just given control of Chelsea to the, to the Charitable Foundation. That kind of sounds like a load of bullshit, but um, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you explain it now. Just like, give me, give me some more. So... Roman Abramovich being barred from the UK is like kind of the same like look good measure because Roman Abramovich has been in the UK like once in the last four years because the last time Russia tried this shit with Crimea, I believe. Yeah. Um, the oh, Roman Abramovich like also came, came under fire, and so uh, the UK government wouldn't like re up his visa. Um, but like, even though like he, he, he also has Israeli citizenship that he could have used for that as well. He just said, nah, the UK is rainy and sad. So I don't even want to go there. Um, Russia is so much better. Oh, well, yeah, but you know, he probably has yachts and villas and all over the place. Um, so yeah, like barring him from, from entering the UK is like nothing new. Um, he has given over like power, I guess, or like control to like the charitable foundation board or whatever, which basically just puts all of the power power in Petr Cech and Marina Granovskaya's hands, which I think is a good thing because Marina Granovskaya is a fucking badass. Um, and more power in her hands all, only means more players in Chelsea's door. Um, so 
I guess basically, as far as I understand it, what that means is he's only the money now. Like he doesn't have a say. He 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 gave up his say in which players come in. He gave up his say in what what happens day to day at the club. Um, and you know he 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 did that so that way Chelsea doesn't see any of those kind of downstream effects of sanctions on him. Which you know yeah he's a Russian oligarch and he like. He's also friends with Vladimir Putin, but also I don't know exactly what he did to warrant like being punished for it. So he just kind of said, fuck it. Here is everything, Marina and Petter. I am the, I am the checkbook. Uh, keep this club alive, which Chelsea obviously isn't in a hard place for survival. But yeah, um, apparently he's also like, trying to broker a peace deal or something. I saw that today, um, which, you know, how, how true that is, I don't know. Um, I haven't done my, my research, I'm sorry, professor. Um, but yeah, he, he is kind of, he kind of recognizes like what the situation could cost Chelsea and, and he said, just fuck it. I am, I'm going to distance myself as much as possible without selling the club. Does Chelsea have a stink on them now? Somebody else? Not I don't think so. Than they had before. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think they necessarily have one. It's just uh, I mean, because it's 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 more like the the owner, which um, I mean, I guess in some cases, like like people always say, like, oh, City and Chelsea, like big money, you know. City's an oil club, and then you got an oligarch over here. But I don't think it gives much more effect than it already did before. Um, yeah, like I was gonna say, like I don't, okay, I, I, I don't fault like Chelsea for Abramovich, you know, like it's, it's not Chelsea's fault. Um, I, like, like Hunter, to your point, like I think the the only thing is that like Abramovich like stands to gain from the invasion, which is like like why it happened. Um, and so that, that's that's the whole thing with that. Now, Abramovich giving "quote unquote" stewardship is the word that was used. Um, that's not that's not a real term. Like it's not a legal term. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. Um, you said you said that like he's not going to be involved in the decision making. Like, like what are the, like what do you mean he's not going to be involved? Like of course he's the checkbook. Like of course he's not going to give his money to to like a player or something that like he he doesn't think like is worth it. Um, no one actually monitors like like who makes like like. Like if, if I were to give input to like the Liverpool decision for whatever reason, I, I'm never gonna do that uh, because I'm not that important. But like like no one's gonna know that I gave that input, right? Unless unless they announce it. So um, stewardship is a very empty term, um, and him stepping down doesn't actually mean anything except for like a bunch of new. I got like 18 notifications on my phone about it. Um, so except for those those notifications and like the like all like the the news, like it doesn't actually mean anything. Um, <clears throat> But like I, I didn't know about him trying to like like the the active effort to broker peace, um, which I respect. Uh, but like him him actually stepping down like like is a pretty empty gesture in itself. But um, yeah, if he if he if he's actively doing something, then then uh, I'll power to him, um, even though he has a lot of power already. But you know. I think a lot of what's going to happen now with Russians in power is they is they do a lot of stuff that like with no real meaning behind it just to like 
save face and like if they care about their company or their team or, or, or things linked to them like prospering they'll like step down and hand over over stewardship like when i got those notifications that that he that he was giving over stewardship to to uh the board or the charitable board or whatever the heck it was i was like what the heck does that mean because it feel it it feels like he's not the one going out scouting players and directly offering contracts to players and stuff like that it feels like it's always been like marina granovskaya and you know petr check and stuff like that like handling the actual football operations um but you know i if if the reports are true that that he was at least trying to get in the middle of a peace deal in a good way um then more power to him um but i don't i don't really think very much changes except for more media attention like i love how before the league cup final like reporters like asking thomas to like oh like does this affect your team and he's like well you know it's big news and blah 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 blah, blah. like not really we're professional and i'm like yeah like what the heck do you want him to say like yeah our owner is a piece of shit and i don't want to be here anymore like that's just not ever going to happen yeah that's what i thought was sorry go ahead Seth. I would say he could have pulled a Lukaku. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, that's why that was like strange that like his actual position, like you said, like in the club, um, like I, I doubt, like I doubt he was like super involved in like scouting anyway. So like his actual position in the club changes none except for like the newspaper headlines. And it was like I think it was I thought it was very very strange that he did that the day before the League Cup final. Um, and and so I, I took that as an omen that Chelsea would win the League Cup final because last time that happened. And sorry, walk the fuck out of the Chelsea practice the day before a massive like like cup final. Not that the care about put up. It's still t- my, my team won it, but it's still Tim Pot Club. Uh, Tim Pot Club Cup. Um, but like last time that happened before a cup final, um, <laughs> Chelsea won it when sorry walked out of practice because like there was a whole disagreement. Um, so I think I took that as an omen. But yeah, like I thought it was very strange to be announced the day before. But um, yeah, I think we've we've run circles around this. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. He's not coming back in, but will this actually have any effect? We don't know. But, I mean, I, I, I'm good. I don't know if this means that we're going to hear his name more in the news or less in the news. I, I, I'm actually – that's that's yet to be seen. I feel like I didn't – like, I, like, heard it, like, a little bit, and then he resigned, and now it's been a lot more. Yeah. Like, but, like, you're probably just having a guy – you always hear his name, but now that, like, he's not supposedly involved in Chelsea, right – like he's is he going to be in the news like less, but but he's also a Russian oligarch that is part of, of a regime that is invading another country. So maybe one gonna... one possible like like positive side effect is that Marina Granovskaya gets the credit that she's due. Um, because I don't know a ton about her. I know Hunter who like just left. Um, and probably will come back. I don't know. Uh, knows more about her, but like like as far as I know, she's like really really good with her signings. Um, and like like rivals like Michael Edwards. So. I mean, that, that, that's good. Let's let, all right, we're gonna move on. Uh, Champions League, you know, in all this craziness that's going on, we for, all forgot the Champions League happened this week, midweek. Uh, Atletico played Man United. It was a um, sorry, I'm blanking on what the score was. It was a 1 1 draw. Uh, Jao Felix scored, I think, and then Alanga tied it in the 80th, I'm pretty sure. And it was that was a uh, I don't know. I didn't really watch the game, but if someone did, 
Uh, what, what were their thoughts on it? Anybody watch that game? I just watched the highlights. The Jao Felix header was pretty nice, the diving header. So it's pretty cool, unexpected. I didn't think he would uh, be capable of such such things. But, yeah. And I think the Elanga goal was, like, last, I don't know, 10 minutes? Or I think yeah. it was a late goal. Yeah, yeah. Pretty- it was like yeah. Idiot, yeah. So kudos to him. I know he missed like a pen or two, so it's a, a down. Now it's up. So yeah, kudos to him. Good player. I'm, I'm I'm wondering if this game was as boring as I thought it was going to be. Um, but I I actually watched it. Um, the Jao Felix the Jao Felix headaches, Jao Felix header Jesus uh, was kind of very much like Robin Van Persie 2014 World Cup esque. One of those like. Ball comes in from deep and then first time kind of flick header. Um, not, I'll, uh, I will say it wasn't as uh, dramatic as Robin Van Persie's, but it was still really good. Um, the, the game was really weird because United for the longest time had Pogba and Fred in the midfield. Um, and like around the 60th minute, um, about six minutes before Pogba got subbed off, he looked like he couldn't give two shits anymore. Like whether or not he was tired or he d- doesn't like playing, you know, in a deeper lying role, like he wasn't pressuring the ball. He was kind of jogging around. Like when he got the ball, he would spray a beautiful pass out wide uh, for Sancho and Rashford. Um, shout out Jose. Uh, but United really couldn't get anything going. And Atletico just, was okay with kind of sitting deep like like we know they do um it was not as boring of an atletico game as it could have been um but i think a lot of that it has to do with united winning possession and then spectacularly losing possession not long after i think you just kind of described pogba like in general like i don't think this is like a unique pogba that you saw that game where, where it's like it's like he, he he's not he's not really that involved and then he gets the ball he's pretty like like we, we all know Pogba's capable of like like tremendous like ability and tremendous skill um but clearly like, like he, he's never shown that in the United shirt and like I think I think the fact that he's been so bad for United for so long um and then like we all know that he's a brilliant player like is a testament to how good he actually is because he only does that like 20% of the time and the 20% of the time is when he's with France. Um, maybe 21% of the time, because sometimes he does it for United. Um, so, yeah, and uh, Kieran, I guess I'll, I'll give it to you here. I was very wrong about this game. Uh, Ronaldo did not score four goals or three goals. Um, so so there, there, you, there you go. <laughs> I got a prediction very wrong. I will, I will also say I think I got – I mean, my, my prediction on this was a 0-0 with this being a really boring game. So I think I got pretty close. Yay, um, Kieran, you got one right. <laughs> um, but next on the docket, uh, we're going to move on for Chelsea Lille. Uh, I would normally not talk about this game, but because Hunter is here and Hunter is a Chelsea fan, we can talk about Chelsea playing Lille. So they beat them 2-0, Hunter. This is, you know, all right, the, 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 the Chelsea clock has a solid minute and a half, minute and a half on it. Anyone else that you guys can talk about this wherever long you want. Hunter, you got a minute and a half to talk about this. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I think – that Pulisic and Havertz both kind of cemented their places in the starting 11 up front um, just because it's not 
that they were necessarily linking up really well, but they kind of played the same way. So it's not as discombobulated. Um, Christian Pulisic kind of, sh- he scored, um, which is really good for all of us. Uh, he got the ball from Conte, scored, um, kind of showed us what he could do um, when he's finally playing left wing. And I saw a stat that, that he has like 33 goals and assists out of 55 games played at like starting at left wing in his career, um, which is really good. And hopefully Thomas Tuchel learns from that. Uh, but overall good win. Um, I have confidence for the second leg. Uh, all we kind of got to do is not lose. And I don't think we'll lose. So, yeah. And, and now that Reese James is back, hopefully he adds to that attacking power. How was I on time? That was great. I, 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 that was, that was spectacular. Uh, I mean, I mean, this, this tie looks over to me, like, which is all I really have to say about it, which is Shut the fuck up. I like, I know you just got one right, but um, I, I'm, I am, I am not that. To be completely, I haven't really talked about this. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say this now before we get into it, because I don't really plan on talking about the league cup final when we do, but I predicted the league cup final perfectly. So uh, just going to, just going to throw that out. There. Well, yeah, but I still don't have faith in you or Chelsea to seal anything out until about I, the 91st I, minute. I think this tie is over. And you know what, Hunter? I'm really hoping I'm wrong because I would love it if we'll beat Chelsea in, in the second leg to to so you know what? Yeah, Chelsea's got this. Chelsea's done. Chelsea's 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 signed and delivered. All right, we're we're going on the chin. Other than that, I mean Benfica played Ajax, 2-2 draw, Haller scored. It was a from what it looked like it was a really fun game to watch, to be completely honest. And then Villarreal Ventus, again, I, I'm not really sure how disappointing this actually is given Juventus's current form this year. I know they're starting to heat up, but Dusan Vlajevic did score another goal and his goal tally for the year is starting to pick up. I think he's at like 25 or something like that. He scored so, another goal within like 45 seconds. It wasn't 45 seconds, but it was like, it was like three minutes. Like he scored another he's goal. Looking like that, that, he's looking like he's money well spent like uh, in, in that team. And uh, I think he's going to – It's it, it's a – it's a relatively good signing that may, like, it may, um, may jolt them into the Champions League places, like, like firmly. But I'm not sure yet. We really got to see. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But next up, we're going to go to the Europa League. Um, speaking of teams that like really are doing well when we didn't think they would be doing as well as they did, Barcelona beat Napoli really convincingly. Like, very, like, if you watch the game, like they beat them very convincingly, and they looked very, very good while doing it. Um, uh, it was a relatively good performance. Goals by Jordi Alba, Frankie De Young scored a filthy outside the box curler, and Aubameyang is like good again for some reason. Like all of a sudden, he's just a savage. Like I don't really know how. Uh, and Napoli's out of the Napoli's out of the, the Europa League, which may give them more time to focus on Serie A, which actually might be a good thing for them in the long run. But yeah, Barcelona's going on. Are they looking like, or we'll get to Dortmund in a sec, but are they looking like the favorites for this competition? I no, think West, they, Ham, West Ham are going to clatter them. <laughs> I'd love to see that. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, West Ham have to get past uh, Sevilla first, which, like, I don't really see that happening. But after they do, they're going to destroy Barcelona. <laughs> That'd be a great storyline. I'd love to see that. Declan Rice. <laughs> Declan Rice versus an outside the box screamer. Fucking Mark Noble 
against Barcelona. I, I, I feel like in my mind, Barcelona and West Ham are like playing two different sports. And then for the world to collide on like in one match would be very, very strange. Um, well, I mean, I don't, yeah, is, is how, I mean, I, in general, Barcelona's like, they're, they're, I, I'm starting to change my tune on them. I think they're going to probably, before I wasn't looking at them to finish the Champions League. Now I'm actually starting to see that they might, uh, because, and it's really down to Aubameyang. Like he's actually like filthy again. Like, I think this is going to work out pretty well, but I, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts on that. I, I will give Chris uh, his his uh, just dessert here. Um, uh, Adama has actually played really well since joining um, Barcelona again. I'm pretty sure he like doubled his assist tally from or like had as, as many assists since joining Barcelona, and it's been like a month. Uh, than he's had at Wolves uh, for the past two years. Um, I will stick by my point that I wasn't wrong when Adama was on Wolves and he was bad, um, but I am adult enough to re- to accept when um, things change and things definitely change for Adama. He's definitely doing good. That the the signings that they made, like they uh, they may have had the best winter transfer window I've seen in a while. Like with a bot, like. Uh, Aubameyang and Adama have basically turned that team around. They look, they're fun to watch, especially now, like considering they also have Usman Dembele, who's actually staying healthy for a stretch of games, which is kind of nuts. Anzu Fati's scoring and Memphis Depay is also scoring. And, you know, Luke Diong scored a goal a couple of days ago. Uh, he's also there hanging out. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. And for Napoli, again, like this is a, uh, this is a, this is a loss. I don't think they're not all that. I don't think they care all too much about it. I'm sure they would have wanted to win this competition, but now they can focus on Serie A. But moving on, unless anyone has anything else to say about that game, uh, Dortmund lost to Rangers, or they drew Rangers 2-2, but they lost the tie 6-4 on aggregate. Uh, and this is like a, this is like a, it's an interesting draw. Like, I mean, I have always kind of shit on the Scottish teams, and this is probably like one of the biggest wins I've seen from a Scottish team in a while. And I, I don't know how far Rangers will go in this competition. I feel like maybe like it depends who are they playing in the next round yeah i mean looks like looks like likely that they'll make a quarterfinal at least because they're playing i don't know how to pronounce that that's that's star that's red star belgrade is that red star belgrade the same team as red star belgrade yeah um i did not know that interesting well learn something new every day um but yeah, I don't know. It is, I feel like this kind of warrants a little bit of discussion as Dor- on Dortmund as a club. They haven't won Bundesliga in like 10 years at this point. They like the last one they won, I think it was 2011, 2012 was the last time they won Bundesliga. So yeah, it's been about 10 straight seasons. Uh, they haven't, they since that European, since they went to the Champions League final, they haven't really gone that far in Europe. Like, I don't know. Like, as a club, like, is this really like, are they, are they going to always be the second fiddle to Bayern in their league and not really ever winning anything? And like, I, I would hate for them to turn into like an arsenal or something like that. Yeah, I think, I, I think they'll be stuck where they are for quite a while. Personally, I think I, I like the result because um, this means that there's a higher chance that Bellingham will come to Liverpool in the summer. So uh, <laughs> th- thanks Dorman for losing. Um, <laughs> Holland too. Don't forget Holland coming to Liverpool as well. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> you get one. You get one player. Um, I I don't think there are salt enough saltine crackers in the world to lure me <laughs> because after you buy, if you were to buy Bellingham, uh, your transfer budget would be about two pounds and whatever kind of free food you can get at the buffet before training. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much Bellingham would go for. Like, he's got to be like 100 mil. Like, I think they were saying 80. I, yeah, like, 80. I think that's 70 to 80. If I was Dortmund, I would try to get 100 mil for him. Um, but 80 is like, 80 is probably what his market valuation actually should be. Um, <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, Dortmund has a, has a tendency to strong arm people on like uh on transfer fees like they got and by, and by people you mean Bayern yeah well no but, but, but Bayern's a little different Bayern, Bayern waits for contracts to run down and then as soon as they're like Dortmund like their best player is like out of contracts like a year or two they're like oh shit and then Bayern will sign them on a free and then that's how they win all their that's, that's how they win everything but I mean I, I don't know I remember when they bought Dembele they bought him they, like they were able to get 140 out of Barca for him and then, like, <laughs> I feel like that was just Barca being an idiot. Like, like, I've seen them do some other stuff, like Holland, like, like Jaden Sancho. They got a good deal on him as well. Like, um, what was it? How much was he? One twenty-five, um, something like that. I don't know. Like, they, they, they have a history of strong running players. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm scared that they're going to become a production, like a production team for other teams. Which they already kind of are, but I think I'm scared it's going to become worse. Well, I mean, you compared them to Arsenal, and I hate to say it because I love Dortmund, I don't love Arsenal, but like, like Arsenal have like history. They're like a lot, like historically, a lot better of a club than Dortmund, and I think they're also, um, like they also don't like sell players to their competitors. You know, like I don't don't know if I agree with that. Dortmund's won a Europe. Dortmund has won a European Cup relatively recently. And they have like a but they're domestically also not as successful as Arsenal were. Uh I mean th- Arsenal's never won a fucking Champions League, and Dorman has. I think that's pretty high. And I, I don't know how many Bundesliga's they actually have. Let me go check. But I mean, okay, so regardless, like it's not like they're like they're they're choosing to, to be second fiddle. Like if you just keep selling all your players to Bayern, right? You're gonna end up second fiddle. Like that's what's gonna happen. Um, so just stop doing that, and that's the formula for success in the Bundesliga is, is pretty much my take on that. I mean, it's, it's not really their fault, right? Like, in the last transfer window, like, RB Leipzig sold two of their best players to, to, to Bayern in Upamakano and uh, – oh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Sabitzer. Yeah, Marcel Sabitzer. Um, two, so two, like, two of their best players and their coach. And their coach, and right? Like, so, so it's like, yeah. it's not just like Dortmund's fault. It's everybody in the Bundesliga's fault, except for apparently Bayer Leverkusen. I don't know if you guys have seen that tweet. Um, but like, <laughs> basically, like, uh, like Bayer Leverkusen like tweeted out something about like, oh yeah, like we, like we produce really good talent or whatever. Um, like in reference to Kai Havertz, and somebody tweeted back at them like, oh yeah, like, if you do stop selling them all to Byron and Bayer Leverkusen clap back and was like, we haven't sold a player to Byron since 2004. So it's just like, put, put the man on blast. But yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's Dortmund's fault. I, but I think that they could, if they were to keep more players and 
and and kind of re-sign more players, more of their crucial players, they could really uh, at least put more pressure on Byron. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to finish off on this. Uh, who's going to win the Europa League? Severe, Since you mentioned right? it, I'm just going to say West Ham. Because just the <laughs> thought of that, just the thought of West Ham winning the Europa League over all these other teams, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I say winner, winner of Sevilla versus West Ham wins the Europa League. I think, uh, I think Barca have, have a shot, but also if, if West Ham plays like peak West Ham, they, they really do have a shot. Peak West Ham. Just a... They did that like they did like like three months ago, and they just like haven't done that again. And people just keep talking about the top four, but I still I still want them to just absolutely class Barcelona all over the field. Just uh, the the concept of peak West Ham being a thing is just interesting, to say the least. All right, all right, we're we're, we're on to the next. Uh, we got all right. We uh, Liverpool obviously played Chelsea in the League Cup final. We've already talked about it a little bit. Uh, it was a great game that was very deserving of a goal yet. And, you know, a bunch of goals were scored. Just none of them counted. And <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'm curious to see your guys' thoughts on this. I'm just going to let you guys have the floor. Go, go nuts. Get, hey, before we start, uh, because that was, it was very sad for me to watch Chelsea lose, uh, a final under Thomas Tuchel, which doesn't really happen that often. Um, Pranav, I know you and I had, have some disagreements on whether or not uh, the Matip goal should have counted or not. Um, you want to start there, or, or, or were there things before that that you want to get into? Well, okay. I think we should start with just, like, appreciating the performance of both teams. Um, you were worried about Chelsea. Actually, no, let's start with me being, like, like wrong on – all counts about the predictions. Like I, like the past couple of weeks, I've been pretty good on predictions. But this prediction, I got completely wrong. I said, I said, if it's an exciting game, Liverpool are going to tear Chelsea apart. If it's a boring game, it'll be zero zero and it'll go to penalties. So it was zero zero and went to penalties, but it was very exciting. So I was wrong on like every single count possible. But um, I think we should be. I think we should start with about just like appreciating the match because this was this is um, one of the best zero zeros I've ever watched in my life, and I think it was very. It was very, very fitting of any final, um, let alone like <laughs> like a tin pot cup final. But you know what? I'm not gonna call it that anymore because Liverpool won it. So uh, it's a very important trophy and possibly the most important trophy you could you could win. Um, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, Hunter, if you if you get hard to ask if you have any thoughts, and then we'll we'll probably get to the Matip like the handball bit, or not the handball, but the Matip uh, controversy and etc. Lukaku stuff and hybrid stuff later. I did. The game was was definitely like really interesting, um, and I think both teams played really well. Just unfortunate that there was no goal during that game, but um, yeah, kudos to both teams. It was it was definitely a an amazing game. I think I think it, it's beyond obvious to say that like the game deserved a goal because there were four goals ruled out for offside, which I think is hilarious considering Timo Werner wasn't on the field for very long. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to say though, I think Luis Diaz has to cool it with the no look passes. Um, Fuck you, they all went to the right player. 
he he's running up against Trevor Chalaba, who hasn't played a real game of soccer in like six weeks, and he's like, "Oh, look at me! I'm Bobby Firmino." It's like, cool it, bud. Like, cool, you're fast, and you're faster than a center back. That's what I would expect you to do. Bro, like, I feel so bad for Chalaba this game. He got <laughs> he got destroyed by Diaz. I don't think, I don't think he got destroyed. I think he had he had he had one really good defensive play. Um, I forget if it was against Diaz or Mane, uh, but they like I think it was I think it was Diaz because he was like trying to turn him inside out, and then Chalaba kind of held his cool, um, and then blocked the cross. But other than that, like there were times he was getting like muscled off the ball. Mane is like Mane is like like five foot four, um, and he was getting he was getting muscled off the ball. So. And then and then yeah he got he got kicked in the the, the no no danger zone by uh, Navigator. Um, Do you guys which, think that that could have been a red card? Like, would you guys have been feeling like aggrieved if that was given as a red card to Navigator? No, I think yeah, I don't. Go ahead. I don't know. That was kind of weird because like it was a 50-50 and they both had their like legs up. Um, I don't know if I'd be too angry if it was given as a red card. But I think the the call was. Uh, I mean, it was he, the right call. He kicked in the, the balls, like. Well, okay, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, like you, like it's like, like it was the right, like I think I think the call was right, but if it was like a if it was like a red card, like I would have been like, yeah, I mean, yeah, because like you look at Chalaba, Chalaba's also coming in with like all guns blazing, you know, um, he wasn't exactly going for a nice tackle either. It just so happened that like like uh, Kate's foot happened to be in the right place, but like if if there was a red card for it's like immediately I would have been like okay fair enough yeah i i feel like on i feel like i am probably slightly more aggrieved with the outcome than you guys would probably be um if it was a red card um just because like if you're gonna go for a ball like that high up with your studs you gotta win it and he didn't um yeah like i mean but but i'm I'm, I'm not i think you just kind of flew past both of them didn't it Unless I'm misremembering. All right. Neutrally, uh, it, it, neutrally, it was kind of neutrally, neutrally. That thing was a clear red card. I like, wouldn't say you're neutral at all. You were yelling at me the entire neutrally. match about how great. I still think is. it was a pretty clear red card. <laughs> he goes like he 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 completely misses. I mean, I understand Child is going in there, but he makes clean contact in a pretty like violent looking way, and like hits him straight like straight on. He hits him straight in the nuts of the. Studs like I, I you gotta send him off immediately. As soon as that replay was set, like I, I'm like kind of. I thought it was pretty nuts that they didn't send him off. Actually. I mean, we're not we're not disagreeing. Uh, like I don't I don't know what you want. I, I feel like, for as, kind of, quote unquote severe a punishment a red card is, like this is one of the more like down the middle, like, kind of, not necessarily tame, but like, you can't really like be that angry either side um i will say especially with the outcome of the match um i i kind of had hoped that it was a red card and like kind of like looking at it like for me with no refereeing experience like put it he, he he put his stu- he put his cleat and foot in a place where unless he got it perfect he endangered the safety of the other player but but yeah um, I mean, to be fair, like if it was a red card, which again, like I, I don't think would have been the wrong decision. Um, it's not like Kato was doing anything during that game at all. He just like get the ball yeah. and then lose it immediately. So like maybe that obviously that would have helped us. Maybe there would have been a goal, <laughs> but uh, there was no yeah. banger this time. Yeah, there was no like Kato just has two modes. 
one score lefty bangers from wherever the fuck like volleying um, and two disappear yeah. for the entire match. So it, like the only reason he was on is because Tiago got injured during warmups. Um, so uh, I think we should we should talk about uh, Mason Mount's um, notable performance during this match. Fuck off! I, that I yelled, I yelled. So it was eleven. It was like noon, and I like was yelling because it's like, yeah, okay, you're through. You're probably on side. Just put it away. And he puts it off the – if he literally hits it half an inch to the left, that goes off the post and then in because there's nobody there that can clear it off the line. But he hit it perfectly to where it bounces out and basically rolls across the line. I was so upset with him. But also, the, it's so unlucky to, to not because the amount of times that, like, shots will, like, kiss off the post and go in – yeah, the, the angriest person in the world at that moment was Christian Pulisic because that ball was splendid. It took <laughs> Van Dyke and and was it was it Kanate or uh, it was Matip I think at the time. Matip um, started, yeah. Entirely out of the equation, left him stranded. Van Dyke, who was man of the match, by the way, um, and we'll we'll get to that, but uh, completely stranded, like just took him out of the equation, right to mount. And like I saw that ball, and I was like, oh, there's no way, no chance it's not upside. And like I think honestly, my, my thought is that like Mount like maybe thought it was offsides because like what what like what was that shot? Like it just looked like everything stopped and he was just like oh let me just like kick it um, instead of like like actually take a place. Um, and I think that that uh, for as much like plaudits as Kevin Keller has been getting, which I think he totally deserves, he's a wonderful keeper. Um, he would not be getting that if Mount had finished that, which he very much did not, which is like pretty rough um and I, I that wasn't the only chance there were a couple other chances throughout the match where like he definitely should have finished it he did not at all yeah i, th- I think keller was he showed both sides of his, of his kind of experience in his game whereas like he can make amazing save like he did against christian Pulisic, and then he also kind of shows that like he right now he is the league cup keeper for uh Liverpool um but you know he he was probably the luckier of the two keepers but I think both keepers played fantastic games I think Mendy had one of the one of the best double saves in recent memory um I think the, Mendy the was crazy yeah, Mendy I don't was know crazy how, this game I don't know how Mane didn't score there like like yeah full credit to Mendy but like really you're one of the best soccer players in the world and you're not composed enough to put that away. Um, I mean, so I don't know if that's Mane's story this season. Um, yeah. But, 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 I mean, me, me, okay, so Mendy is, like, he was phenomenal. And, like, I, I, I was saying the whole match, like, I don't care who wins. I don't care what happens. Mendy gets man of the match. Um, and I, I said that, like, multiple times. Uh, but, like, I think looking back on that double save, he kind of, like, should have caught the first one. But, I mean, re- regardless, he was still, like like, brilliant. And I think – one of one of the one of the managers like relied on the keeper that got them there and then relied on the keeper on the final. And like like here's the thing, like, right? Like Keppa is a clearly inferior keeper. Um and and he, he got them there, right? So like like I think I think the fact that like Tuchel kind of I, 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 this narrative wouldn't happen if if Chelsea had won, um, which Chelsea very very well could have, but um Klopp had loyalty. Loki, I think this, this kind of goes with the ethos of both clubs. Um, Klopp had loyalty to stick with the keeper that got them there 
who is definitely an inferior keeper. Allison is one of the best keepers in the world. Um, he didn't play him for this match because he thought uh, Keller deserved it. And he kept his trust in him throughout the penalty shootout. Whereas, like, Chelsea played Mendy, uh, again, one of the best keepers in the world, if not the best keeper in the world, um, and then took him off for Kepa. And the post-match, I was talking about this before, but the post-match interview with Tuchel was so funny because Tuchel's like, uh, they, were, they were, like, asking about the keeper stuff, and Tuchel goes, uh, oh, yeah, so uh, Kepa doesn't play that much, so he has a lot of time to save penalties in training. Um, like he has a lot of time to work on that because he doesn't really play that much. So he's not really doing a lot of game time training. And like, imagine, imagine, imagine you miss the penalty to, to like when you're, you come your your club, the trophy, and then your, your manager says that about you. Like, that's so fucked. Like, like Kepa must be like depressed right now. I, well, I mean, I think regardless, he's fucking depressed because he was brought on to save penalties. He didn't save any, he didn't save any of 11 penalties which we'll get to, and then he skied his. So it's like he – was a goal kick. Yeah, yeah. It's like he – he like, usually, like, on, like, FIFA or, like, sites that, like, rate players' performances, like, usually, like, a six is, like, you were subbed on and the whistle for full-time blew right after that. He had, like, a zero, which is almost impossible to do. Um, but, like – I don't know. And we'll get to the penalties and the substitution later, but you know, it when Kepa got subbed on, I was I had I had mixed emotions because uh Mendy had played so well, but Kepa's obviously the 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 penalty specialist, um, or at least at that point was. Uh but who but won, yeah. who has been the goalkeeper to win a bigger penalty shootout? What does that mean? Edward Mendy won the AFCON final being the goalkeeper for the penalty shootout. He knows what it takes to put in that shift and to be a goalkeeper for a penalty shootout. I mean, he, I understand. Ke- Kepa, I understand. Kepa, no, sorry, Kepa won the, the, the Super Cup penalty shootout. Bro, so did Adrian. Adrian San Miguel won the penalty shootout. Now he's a meme. Fucking Adrian. Like, everyone, everyone roasts him because he fucking he got his knocked out of the, the Champions League. Right? Like, I, like it's, it's not like... It's, like, okay, so many, many understands what it takes. Many's a better goalkeeper. Like I think, like I feel, I feel like Tuchel, like honestly, felt pressured to sub Kepa on, and I think that that played with his mind a lot. Like Kepa, Kepa was like getting ready, and Sasa and I were sitting there watching the end. But like, I was like, do you think, do you think like Tuchel actually told him to go get ready, or he's just like he decided to go and get ready, um, just because he just like felt entitled to do it. Um, so I, he's I don't the know. one that told Tuchel. Yeah, people. I'm coming on. <laughs> was like, okay, I can't stop him. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I, I understand why he made the decision, but I think the fact that like Mendy has proven himself in a bigger penalty shootout, and more recently, and the fact that he played uh, like godlike in this game, um, should have been enough to keep him on. And Kepa like came on with not a lot of warm up time and just sort of like, like I mean the 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 Kanate penalty like that was extremely savable. Um, I know, I know you. I know you have words to say about the Van Dyke penalty, but he leathered that shit. Like there was no way, he was, there was no way anyone was saving that. Um, but like, like there were like I, I just, I just don't think it was the right decision to, to put Kepa on. Like I understand why he did it, but I don't think it was the right decision. I mean, I see that, but like hindsight's obviously obviously twenty twenty. Like Kepa is the record penalty saving keeper for Chelsea, so it's like 
why like like if if that say if that same scenario happens, you know what I mean? It's like, well, why didn't you sub on Kepa? Kepa has proven to save penalties. Like he's done he's done it before in in major intercontinental uh, trophies. He's he's done it all uh, all tournament long. Like why didn't you sub him on? So it's kind of like if the well, results are the same, Kepa, Kepa Kepa got you there. Kepa goes the one that got you to the final. Put him on, like keep him on for the whole game. Well, that's that also kind of like I said earlier, so it was, it was like it shows the mindset of the of the cup for both for both managers, right? Like Tuchel saw this game as a okay, I'm gonna feel the the strongest lineup possible uh to try and win this trophy. And Klopp said, I don't care really enough to feel my best lineup. I'm gonna feel the lineup that deserves it. You know what I mean? And, I mean, and that's, obviously that's not that's we, not what I meant. I if Klopp fielded his strongest eleven um, it was just it was just Mine Keller or as far as ten, but it was just Keller. And my, my point was that it shows the ethos of both clubs and that like Liverpool is more of like a like a um, I don't know like a what's, what's the word? It's like a I don't know like ooh like like ooh like friendship is power kind of kind of club. Whereas like Chelsea is like perhaps a meritocracy efficiency and I want to win, you know. Um, and that that's like that's like that's what that's what ended up happening. Um, and like it could have gone either way easily. Yeah, uh, on the penalty shootout in the match, weird that there wasn't a goal. There were four goals, but none of them counted. So, so on on the the the, the goals thing, um, and just for the record, because I know when Chris listens to this, he'll be like, "Why didn't you guys talk about what Hunter said about penalties in Manchester United?" I think that both keepers had shots that they should have saved at the very least. I think Keller should have saved. I think Reese James's penalty went like right under him. Um, I, I, I'd have to do a deep dive on Van Dyke's penalty. Um, but Mendy definitely should have saved Konate's penalty. Uh, you know, it, it, it hit him in the hand. It's like you go over the right way. It, it hits you. You have to keep it out. Um, yeah, it's kind of tough, but, but yeah, what, what I will say about penalties for Chris's sake, um, there is an element of luck and skill in penalties. Um, I feel like, I have a larger bias towards skill than Chris does. Um, I, I I feel like, and I don't want to slander Chris, um, so I'm sorry if I'm wrong, Christopher, but I feel like luck is obviously the majority of it, but there definitely is still an element of skill. Like, got luck is diving the right way, skill is saving it once you dive the right way. I feel like that's kind of neutral enough to to stay away from any conflict. Um, and obviously there are unstable penalties and I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't, um, but I will still remain on the fact I'll get on both Chelsea and Liverpool's keepers for letting there be 22 taking penalties before there was a miss. Same way I, I'll, I'll get on uh, United keepers for allowing 18, 19 penalties before there, before there was a miss or a save or anything. Um, I think but, part of it. I think part of it is that. Also, I think it's very nice that you you said I apologize, Chris. Like, I, like if Chris, if Chris was on this and and you you were not here for this podcast, he, he would have just absolutely slandered you. Um, but uh, regardless, like I I think part of it is that like you you I think the, the last time United lost a penalty shot, maybe it was against West Ham, but he he was like you you were like oh like like Chelsea has two penalty specialists, whereas United have none 
Um, and then like you, you like roasted him on that. Uh, and I, I think that that like left a bad taste in his mouth, and it made his vengeance like ten times worse. Um, so I think I think that didn't, uh, didn't do you any favors. Uh, but yeah, I mean they were stable penalties, but like at the end of the day, like I don't I don't know, like, you can't you can't really fault them. The only reason that Kepa is faulted for this is because like. He's never like proven. He's proven himself like a penalty specialist, and he he proved himself this game that he's not like a full on penalty specialist. Um, like I don't know. He he like messed up, and like his only thing he's good at, like like De Gea has been saving United over and over. Um, and then you've come at him for these like his penalty skills, whereas like Kepa has like not really proven anything except for his penalty skills, and then he fucked that up, and he ended up kicking a field goal. So, well, I I do think that Kepa does have his moments of making really, really, really good saves. Um, but because it's Kepa and he's overshadowed by his horrific time as a starting keeper for Chelsea, it um, doesn't really get noticed. Um, but, like, obviously, like, the blame is going to fall on Kepa because he was subbed on to, for the expressed purpose of saving penalties and he didn't save any. Um, yes, yes, Chris, I know you're, I know you're probably listening. Um Kepa was both unlucky and both unskillful in that penalty shootout. Um, he lacked in both departments. Um, probably should have done done some more uh, not playing games and saving training penalties. Um, but yeah, it's it, I feel like for like regardless of the Kepa thing and and all that, like for the game to go to penalties and then the penalties to go to uh, 10 to 11, perhaps 22 penalties taken probably is probably the best result, like the correct result of the penalties for that match. That's fair. Um, um, just, I, I know you want to talk about the Van Dyke offside. Sorry, wait, is there something else you want to say? Sorry. Huh? I was going to sneeze, so go. Oh. <laughs> um, so I, I know you want to take, talk about the Van Dyke offside, but right before that, I, I do want to talk about. Um, First of all, like, I, I, I thought it was really funny how the first, like, four penalties for both teams were, like, incredible, and the, the quality just, like, fell off a cliff. Uh, but they all still went in. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't like the, the, the Europe League shootout with United and Villarreal where, like, everything was, like, a brilliant penalty. But um, two penalties in particular. Uh, Van Dyke, where he just I, – I think – so Van Dyke saw Kepa standing there, and he could have gotten the other way. Kepa probably wouldn't have saved it. But he – Van Dyke, like, gets kind of, like, competitive. <laughs> he was just like – Hey, fuck you. I want to put it right there, right exactly where you are. And he cracked that ball. Um, and the Fabinho one. Andre, I wanna I wanna know your thoughts and emotions during that Fabinho penalty. What do you mean? The like, Penenka. I I mean like I respect players who take a Penenka. Um, I think it was a pretty shitty Penenka. I don't think he like nearly got enough chip on it and it was more of just like a little topo, got it about a foot up in the air and just went in. Um, but I mean, like he still scored. So apparently, so hi, my name's Chris. Uh, that was a brilliant penalty because it, because it, it, the, the keeper didn't have a chance to save it. Um, I, I, I think know, that penalty my... broke Kepa. Yeah, I think uh, it demoralized him quite a bit. Yeah. Both, both of those penalties, the Van Dyke penalty. Like, like I, th- I think seeing Van Dyke step up that early, like everyone was like, what the fuck? And then he did that and we we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Van Dyke's like blasting away a penalty does not surprise me. Like seeing the way he played, like if Joel Matip were were to step up or like Konate were to step up and like blast a penalty home like that, I would be more surprised. 
because like wasn't there a game like a month or so ago where Van Dyke stepped up for a free kick or something? Yeah, that was against Everton. Um, and I think the narrative behind that was that he wanted revenge for the the torn ACL, and then he he fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> he used to take he used to take free kicks for like like I think Celtic or like Groningen or something, um, yeah. And and he was pretty good, but that that wasn't that that good. But yeah, so yeah, but you know, Van Dyke, uh, Pranav, do you believe the Joel Matip goal should have counted? Yeah, um, and every yeah. everyone involved. <laughs> do you think the 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 the, the Joel Matip goal should have counted. I I think so because like I don't know. I thought offsides were just the score is like when he's offside, it's 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 or it's offsides. But now it's like the dude who's like holding back a defender is offside. So now the goal doesn't stand. Which I mean I guess it makes sense, but like I don't know. I felt kind of hard done by that one. I wanted to see Matip score again. That's pretty much what I'm saying. Also, it's related to Joel Matip is something that we all need. Um, I, I I don't know. I, mean, what, I, I actually question, like, because uh, I, I left. Why was the Lukaku goal not counted? Was he actually that clearly offside? He was offside by, like, the tip of your pinky. Like, his – the – Pranav, what did you call it? Like, the end of – the end of your sleeve – yeah, it was like the the end of the shirt sleeve. Um, so so yeah, but the off time, yes. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it back on replay, but um, I think the only reason I don't really feel bad about that is because I thought the Van Dyke offside was a little bit BS, and that would have been the game. But um, I think this whole shirt sleeve business, uh, and we'll get to Everton versus City, but I think this whole shirt sleeve business is like a little bit bogus and uh, I mean, we didn't talk about Lukaku, but the fact that Lukaku had like Lukaku was able to put that away. And then also the fact that like, dude, if Lukaku missed that penalty, it would have been a thousand times worse than then the Kepa missed that penalty. Oh um, yeah. Like, like I, I was saying it like in our, in our group chat, like if, if Lukaku misses this penalty, he gets sold and like he, 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 he scored it. So he stays. And he also shushed, which was which was like pretty impressive. And then it lost, but. all right. Well, I mean, we 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 spent a lot of time on this. I just wanna I just wanna quickly say that let no one forget. You know, Chris isn't here to 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 talk to really say this, but let's let's let no one forget that Kepo was was bought for seventy million euros, and that he is the most expensive goalkeeper of all time. I just, you know, just gotta, just gotta, it just needs to be stated. We I just had, get it. Just, we we missed, we missed that point, actually. We've been, we've been very forgiving to Kepa. Not, I, I've been very forgiving to Kepa, not remembering that point. Um, Just gotta, just gotta throw that out there. It, it is, that is, that is, that, that's him. That's, it's that guy. That guy is the guy who's that, who did that. Um, Well, all right. So we're moving on to the Prem and, Fuck. Uh, Man City beat Everton 1-0 in a not fun game to watch. Okay, well, the game was actually really fun. I like it, it was a very good game. But 
we lost and I'm not happy about that. I'm pretty sad. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I did. I, I want to be energetic about this, but there's really like, it's very hard for me to, to, to just not be super depressed about this, especially when Richarlison had two clear shot chances, like two clear looks at goal one-on-one with Ederson and he shot both of them at Ederson's feet. That just like freaked me out to no, to no end. And the penalty, the no, the no penalty was very clearly, I don't know if it was clearly a penalty, but it probably should have been a penalty. Um, nah, bro, he went Michael Jordan on that ball. Don't go give me that. <laughs> I like, I like understand the reasoning in the sense that like he's trying to chest it, right? And I think it would have been okay if it like hit like a little bit of his chest and his arm. And I'm like, all right, like it's, it's harsh, but it like straight up hits like the middle of his arm. And like his arm is super outstretched. And like they look at VAR and VAR just like VAR looks at it. And VAR, the, for, I, why does VAR just not work in the Prem? Like for some reason, specifically in the Prem, it just does not work. And that was a very, it was a penalty. It just very, I, I, I'll give him, I'm saying it's not clear because like he is trying to chest it um, and he just misses it. He just misses the chest, but it, it I'm, I don't know. Like, I, am I livid that it wasn't a penalty? Yeah, of course I am. Uh, just, it, it is what it is. Another, another city got another point. Liverpool, I guess, is six points behind still. Three points, six points. Um, six points right now because they didn't they didn't play this week. They have the game in hand. But um, I don't know. It just it made me heavily depressed. That was a penalty, and the goal like Michael Keane was playing pretty well all game, and then he fucking just decided to go shit his pants in the last five minutes. In like, I mean, the last, last ten minutes. But if I recall, he was quite unlu- quite unlucky. Like I think he should have done better. But I feel like I, I feel like his reaction should have been a little bit better in his balance but i feel like for the position he was in is it and now this is coming from uh, uh a center back by trade but i feel like wasn't too much he could have done there i mean like it wasn't just him there was also another defender i don't remember if it was it was holgate or kenny or what uh there was another defender that like totally fucked up his touch um and then just just gave it gave it to, to uh Foden on a plate I was like, here, please score. Um, let's just, you know what? We hate our, our neighbors, so let's just screw them over. Um, and, yeah, the penalty goal, like, okay. So, Kieran didn't want to talk about this match, and I kind of hate that you do that because, like, Everton don't always deserve respect. They very rarely deserve respect. But, like, in this game, like, they deserved a lot of respect. Like, they they pushed through this game um, against Juggernauts Man City, and – I hate Man City, but I will never be anyone that discredits Man City for how good they are at soccer. And Everton, like, did an incredible job this game, uh, just keeping him out. Um, I saw one of the Richarlison chances. I didn't get to see both, but because I turned on the game pretty late. And, I, I, I don't know, it wasn't that terrible. But, like, yeah, I saw I saw the Kinsella handball. Um, and <sighs> they looked at it for two minutes, and then we're just like, oh, never mind, it's offsides. Um, whereas like, like, so I, I, I went on like a, not a deep dive, but like a little bit of a dive on like what happened. And, um, so the, the, the explanation the Premier League gave wasn't that, wasn't that Richarlison was offsides earlier. They didn't even check that. They just like, Tierney was just like, oh, like, oh maybe he's offsides. So it was, let me give that to avoid controversy. Um, they were just like, oh, it wasn't enough in the quote unquote red zone to be a handball. If that isn't in the red zone, he puts his arm out. It's past the, the shirt line, the shirt sleeve line. 
um, and it helps him get control of the ball. Like that's check, check, and check all the criteria there. Um, and that that that's a point for Everton. I mean, given Everton have a player that can slide away a penalty, but like, I, like I I just I can't comfortably understand this um, at all. And uh, Lamp, Lampard's words were, "It's incompetence at best," and that low key implies that there's some corruption, um, which I won't disagree with. But I mean, it's, it's like a little bit of a harsh like thing to say, which was pretty interesting from from him. Well, my my question is like, if Richarlison was offside, does anything after that matter? No, but it was. That's not what like the explanation was given, nor was that even checked. Like if Richarlison is offside, then he's offside, and like that that play doesn't happen at all. But like that that like that was just like it's really strange because the call was offsides, but like no check happened on that offsides. That offsides wasn't called before, and no check happened on the offside. So, like, how can you confirm that he was offsides? Number one, and number two, like, if he was offsides, like, wouldn't that be the explanation that the Premier League or the PGMLL would give? No, the explanation was that it wasn't enough in the quote unquote red zone, whatever the fuck that means, because it was it was literally so, on his like elbow. So, because I'm kind of behind on all of this, they and if I'm understanding correctly, they checked the Rodri play, the play where it hit him very clearly on the arm to see if that was a handball, right? Yeah, sorry. I've been seeing Kinsella this whole time. They look very similar. Yeah, I meant, I meant Rodri, you're right. But yes, yes. So, okay, then I see. They spent the, two minutes checking that Rodri play. Just to call it offsides on Richarlison. Yeah. Um, and Paul Tierney has also been like implicated in all this, a couple of other conspiracy theories, um, including Jurgen Klopp being like, I don't hate referees. I just hate you. Um, so <laughs> that doesn't help this whole narrative. Uh, but yeah, they didn't, they only checked that and they didn't check the offsides and the Premier League after the fact, when they, after they had time to think, we're just like, Oh uh, yeah. He just wasn't enough of a handball. Um, when Loki, like, honestly, I think it was more of a handball than the Romero handball that they call it against uh, Spurs. Um, so, incompetence at best. I'm with you, Frank. Another step closer to relegation. Yeah, go Frank Lampard. And um, we're with you, bud. All right, all right. Enough of that. Enough, 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 enough. enough. Okay. Uh, it's just like... I, I'm just really – I'm actually pretty – the first Richarlison chance, he like, like – I don't know if anyone saw it. He just – he's one-on-one and the ball's at his feet and he just shoots it straight into the, the feet of Ederson. And the second one, he has a breakaway, but he just misses it. And I'm like – both situations, it was 0-0, and both situations, it would have probably maybe won us the game. So I'm just not – it's done. All right. Well, I mean, moving on, uh, Tottenham played Leeds. They whooped Leeds 4-0. Which is, you know, good for Tottenham. They, they, Harry Kane had a masterclass. I don't know if anyone wants to, if anyone feels like speaking about it, they can. But this did prompt a Marcelo Bielsa firing. Uh, I, a headline I read is Marcelo Bielsa's firing from Leeds proves that romance is dead, um, which I thought was a pretty fun headline. And in, in coming in is Jesse Marsh. The New York Red Bulls supreme Red Bull Red Bull guy, who recently was fired from RB Le- recently was fired from RB Leipzig earlier in the season, where he had them sitting in like it, it seems like it's actually been a good firing in in, in the actuality. But he had them sitting in like ninth or tenth in the table, and 
Now with Domenico Tedesco, they're back into fourth. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's a Leeds is Leeds is it's a fairly historic club. Bielsa is a very popular coach. Jesse Marsh is American. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, the romance is dead thing. Like I guess it kind of hits, but like I like I get. I don't know. It's kind of bullshit, but it kind of hits. Like, like would you rather? Would you rather be like they're gonna lose anyway? They're not that good of a team. But like, would you rather be losing playing like beautiful football or like losing playing like fucking Burnley ball? Right. Um, and they, they lost playing beautiful football and they, they won playing beautiful football. So I, I can't get that. Um, Jesse Marsh is a weird one. It's weird to appoint him when they they need to stay up because uh, he has no experience in the Premier League. I hope he does amazing. I hope he gets them to like, I don't know, like 12. No, nah, it's not going to happen. But um, I hope it is great. But like it's, it's kind of a weird appointment where he has no experience in the Premier League. And it's kind of like a different than, than it would be in the Bundesliga where they like, don't defend. So. Yeah, sad to see Bielsa go. I'm going to miss seeing him sit on that stool, that little, like, bucket or whatever. (laughs) I've never seen that. A manager do that before. And, like, that's just the best. Uh, Bielsa Bielsa's like a – he's a cult figure for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why, but – Because he's he's every – he was every, like, top manager's, like, inspiration, but he just gets beaten by all of them, so – He's just he's just a cult figure for some 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 reason, and I you know someday maybe I'll figure out why. I remember I think the the most notable thing I think I saw him do was beat United with a Bilbao team in the Europa League in like 2013. And that's like the only thing I've ever seen him do that was like oh my god, look at Marcelo Bielsa. But and I guess he brought Leeds back to the Premier League after like 20 years, so that's a pretty big deal. Uh, but this kind of stinks of like. Uh, no, nah, it doesn't stink. It, it gives me same vibes of when Lester fired Ranieri, but like Lester had obviously won the league, but it, it's kind of like the same. Now, Ranieri's, I think, Ranieri actually deserves respect. He like, yeah, never, uh, it's, not, it's not the same, but it, it gives off a little bit of the same vibe. But Jesse Marsh, I don't like it. I don't think it's going to end well if I had to take a guess. I want to be wrong, and I would love for Amer- like an American to finish top 10 in the Prem with the Leeds team. That's very good, but – it's just not a – it just doesn't seem like something that's going to work. Well, I, I, I've I, been seeing, like, he and Bielsa played a similar system um, where it's kind of like – kind of like high-pressing, like kind of like that, like, Bielsa, like, murder ball um, type of system. Um, I know at Leipzig they gave him a grand total of 14 league games uh, before they fired him, Jesse Marsh. Um but I, I, from what I've seen, and I haven't watched a lot of uh, Leip, uh, Leipzig or, or, or Red Bull Salzburg, uh, but apparently he's similar to Bielsa, but he's also more adaptable. And with Leeds' uh, injury concerns this season, I feel like he is a better fit than we're giving him credit for. It's just like a, it's just a hard job to come into. Like we're we're at least sitting in the table. Let's just let me go take a look. Um, sixteenth. I just want to say with, in the last, in the last, I just counted in the last five games they've conceded twenty goals. That's an average of four goals per game, which is like really they're, really they're, bad. They're on four losses. The thing is, like Leeds is not they're not sitting in a good situation. Like they're they're sixteenth in the league, twenty three points. They've played twenty six games when the teams around them have played twenty four. 
Um, but they're not. Be, that, that's why it's weird. Their desperation hire was Jesse Marsh. Like he's he's like, like I love him and he's but he's unproven. Um, especially he's gonna, no, like, I like think there's a very this is there's a very good like you remember when Swansea hired Bob Bradley for no fucking reason and like we were all like all right like I remember seeing that and being like okay but like this I guess that makes that makes no sense but I hope he does well and of course he didn't do well he got fired in like a month I think he was the quickest firing in Premier League history like it, it took him like 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 maybe four games to get fired um and this I'm just scared that this is gonna happen again and I I, I see it Leeds Leeds has a lot of good players and Jesse Marsh plays an attractive style of football like that's another thing that like his, his, the 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 keep the coat the t- the types of teams he coach play attractive styles of football. I just don't. I just don't see this ending well. I don't know. It, simply because of Leeds situation. If he was coming in and they were mid table, maybe. But I don't know. And I, I don't know. Does anyone have anything else? Nothing. I just right, hope well, this doesn't. I just hope this doesn't become like Jesse Marsh's deathbed. Um, because I kind of feel like it's a hospital ball being played to him. Um, but we'll see. Well, all right. I'm gonna uh, moving on. I'm gonna give a quick re- recap of the rest of the leagues uh, over the week. Rob Madrid beat Rio Vallecano, firmly holding their lead by six points in La Liga. All games played. Atletico beat Salzburg two zero, which is actually a pretty big win for them. Salzburg were quite high; they're eighth in the table, and now they're down to tenth. Uh, and they're currently tied on points with Barcelona, but Barcelona have a game in hand. Speaking of Barcelona, they beat. Uh, Athletic Club 4-0 in, a, again, another convincing win. Depay, Dembele, Dion, Luke Diong, and Aubameyang all scoring. And another another uh, actually relatively big game in the, in the league. Two and three in the table played each other in a, what's actually a derby game in Andalusia. So Sevilla played Real Betis, and they beat him 2-1. And that means that Betis is actually – like Barcelona has a chance – over the next couple of games to jolt into third because Betis has a game in hand and they're only a point ahead. So if Barcelona wins that game in hand, they could actually get a nice little hold on third, but that, 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 that's how La Liga is looking. I don't know if anyone has anything to say about it, but it's a, uh, it's an interesting table to say the least. I'm sure as the time goes on, we'll have more of a, uh, we'll have more of a, more of a thing to talk about Bundesliga, Standard Dortmund drew Bayern won. It was a you know it, it's even more sealed than it was before. Eight point lead. Um, Leipzig beat FC Bochum, and Unkunku scored again. By the way, Unkunku fourteen goals in the Bundesliga this year, and I think like eighteen or nineteen goals overall for a guy who was playing center center midfielder. I I, I do wonder here. I'll ask a quick question about him because he's playing amazingly right now. Um, how much money is he going to get sold for in the summer? And will he like just if he was to get sold, how much money would he would would, would he go for? To, to be fair, he does play kind of all over. Um, he has played well, like at striker outright. He's played kind of right wing. I think he's probably best at center mid or center attacking mid. Um, but I feel like he's enough kind of under the radar of everybody that he probably doesn't get sold for more than. 60 million. Yeah, I agree. 50, 60 is what I was thinking. He's uh, he's definitely like, if he keeps up this form, like he's, he, he, he's scoring in the champions league. He's scoring in the Bundesliga. He's in the top five. Like it's just crazy goal, goal scoring counts. And, you know, in general, the, the Bundesliga champions league race is still pretty crazy, crazy high. Uh, 
Leipzig, Freiburg, and Hoffenheim are all tied on 40 points for that fourth, fifth, and sixth spots in Europe. League on, you know, standard done deal. I, the rest of them are just fighting for a for a Champions League place. I, but even that is look, it's looking like Marseille and Nice are how they're tied up. But that that brings us to the what we're the discussion that we're gonna have. I always love. I, I get kind of excited about this. Um, the Serie A is a freaking masterpiece at the moment. So. Inter, uh, going into the weekend, Milan were top of the table, Inter in second, Napoli in third, right? And Inter has been leading the league. Milan decided to draw Udinese 1-1. Inter then proceeded to go decide and draw Genoa 0-0. And then Napoli got a huge win against Lazio uh, at at 2-1. And currently they're sitting first in the table. I just, it's a Inter... Could if Inter Inter has a game in hand technically on Napoli and, and uh, Milan, so if they win that game in hand, they would they would be ahead by one point. But it's just a shit show, and like this is like the third like the 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 top three teams. Like if you look at like Napoli's record, one in their last three games, it's a win draw draw. Milan draw draw win. Inter lost draw wa- uh, draw. Like no team in Serie A wants to actually win the title for some reason. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, I just, I don't know if anyone has any thoughts or comments or maybe like, I know like Pranov and Chris are the big Milan go-getters here, but I'm not sure if anyone has anything to say on whether they, what they th- think is going to happen. So also, we, you just got here. How do you, how do you interpret this? I mean, I think we're in for a pretty, pretty wild end to the season. Um, if I had to say, I don't, I don't think Inter will win it again. So I think it'll either be Milan or Napoli. Um, I would like to see Napoli win it, um, but I don't know. I feel I feel like Milan will somehow like I don't know take take the take the trophy this year. I uh, I mean I, I still think Inter is the best squad. I don't know. Anybody else? Anybody else got any Serie A thoughts? I I do want to shout out Chris in our uh, in our little group chat once. Milan went on to drop points. He immediately went on and predicted that, like, all right, like now that Milan has dropped points, Inter is definitely going to drop points, and then Inter uh, went and dropped points. Um, so, Chris, as much as you and I disagree, I know you're listening at home. Hello, uh, you're right on this one. Um, and it, another, they didn't just it was like a bold prediction because they dropped points. I don't even they drop points. They didn't score against uh, relegation zone Genoa. Um, so that was that was a solid prediction by Chris. I mean, a week after Milan drew rock bottom Salernitana. So who actually interrupted to play next week? Um, so, so this is this is shaping up, shaping up to be like, like not just like like an interesting title race, but just like an extraordinary like it's just an extraordinary title, title race in all senses of the word that like they're just drawing like random ass teams that like they should be killing, you know. Um, and every every way the narrative is playing out is is playing out in such a way that like the title race is like an actual race. Yeah, it's a it's a three horse race. Elsewhere though, I just want to quickly sh- uh, shout out uh, Atalanta beat Sampdoria four zero and Juventus beat Empoli three two. Dusan Vlajevic again scoring two goals takes his Serie A goal down up to twenty goals in the league with a uh, ten games left to play. Like I think. He's, uh, he's again, like, like I said before, he's proving money well spent and it's looking like an Atalanta Juventus 
Uh, Roma's actually not that far off, but it is an Atalanta Juventus race for fourth. So Sassuolo between Atalanta and Juventus, and I guess Roma, who's going to get that fourth spot? I think with Vlahovic now, it has to be Juventus. And also on that note, he he scored the fastest Champions League goal um, ever, I think. Yeah. So that's that's another. Yeah, I think I think it was fastest for a debut. It might be ever, but okay. I, I think it's fastest for a debut. I mean, it was it was within a minute. So like, it was a very yeah. very good goal. Um, yeah. It, it, like he chested down and then just like completely turned shoots it. It's a it's it's a really really good goal. Yeah, it was like a very instinctive finish. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I still want Josie Mourinho's Roma to, to 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 just get in there, but I I, I doubt it. Uh, unfortunately. Um, but okay. We are we're, we're done with the recaps. So we're gonna finish off with some previews. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. We're first the first the biggest game that we're gonna start. We're gonna start with next week is City's playing United. Uh, so I want a scoreline and a take from everybody here. I'm gonna go uh, three two. Uh, City. I don't think United score that many goals. I'm going to go 3-1, City. 2-0, United. Please. <laughs> oh, oh, my, we... my, take, my, my take is that Ronaldo wakes up from his long-lasting slumber. If you're asking what we want to happen, oh, 7-0, United, let's go. Since you're new to this podcast, that's how I make all my predictions. That's the right way. And and they end up being right far more often than Karen's do. And mine are almost always what I don't, what I want, I don't want to happen, but I think is going to. So, all right, I actually think, to be completely fair, I'll I'll give you guys uh, a little bit of hope here. Uh, United in like relatively recent history over the last couple of years has had city's number a couple times. Uh, I, I still think city's the better team, but just for like the spice of it, I'm going to go with the two on United. No, just no, so no. I'm... You, you took away all hope that we had all of it. You just threw it right out the window. Yep. Well, you know what, yep. Kieran, Kieran, stick to your guns. I believe in you. You've been less wrong recently. No, Claire, you have nothing to play for. All right. <laughs> this is a pure gut. Like, Hey, Tottenham just beat City. I think United could probably do it too. Uh, I called that. And you know, I mean, City. I, huh? it. I was like, I was like, this could definitely happen. I, I don't know if I predicted. I don't remember if I predicted it, but I was, I was the biggest proponent for it happening. And then, it did. um, I mean, but the thing is, you know, City beat United. No, no skin off my back. Like, all right, just, they stay in first. <laughs> it's, it doesn't stand first and United lost. I get to give United fans some shit. It's, it's, it's fine. This is a win-win for me. Um, next up uh, is a lose-lose. Uh, Tottenham playing Everton. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with – give me – you guys can give me score lines. You can give me take if you really feel like it. I'm going to go with the 1-1 draw just because, like, the, Tottenham and Everton always fucking draw. So – Here, uh, just, just for that, it's going to be 12-0 Everton. Or, no, to fuck 12-0 Tottenham. <laughs> Um, but yeah. no, in all reality, like this is always like the most boring picture ever. Um, and I think you're right, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with 12 nil. Yeah, I think Tottenham's gonna gonna win this one. I have faith in uh, Chelsea legend and best 
English center midfielder of all time, Frank Lampard, and I'm going to say 1-0 Everton. You know, I'd, I'd absolutely love that. But... I forgot about Frank Lampard. All right, all right give me 13-0 no Tosh. No. Hey, man, no, no, if anything, remember Frank Lampard uh, was talking to – he had an interview where they called where they called Tottenham three-point lane. Like, Yeah, man. Like, he was talking it... to – what was it? Gary Neville is like, oh, yeah. like – Best, best opponent to play against, uh, Tottenham, because when I got there, they called it a three-point lane instead of White Hart Lane. Um, yeah, I think that's the quote. So my boy so, got jokes, too. I also, would, uh, also Frank Lampard has more wins since he's taken over than, than Everton did in, in its last, like, 13 games before, beforehand. So, you know, precedent speaks for itself. <sighs> Man, fuck me. I hate this. I don't want to think about this anymore. All right, next one. Um, well, ooh, okay, well, this is a fun one. Liverpool plays West Ham in a uh, relatively – it's got some Champions League title race implications there. West Ham didn't beat them earlier in the year. So uh, I'm going to go with – I mean, Liverpool's on good form. West Ham is also on good form. I'm going to go with 3-2 Liverpool. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds like, like uh, a good scoreline. <laughs> I, I'm I'm okay with that. But I also like West Ham has not been on good form. They beat Watford and then like I'm pretty sure recently they have not been they lost to United. Um and then they also they lost to Leeds. What the fuck are you talking about good form? All they did was know, beat man. Watford. A win, a draw, a draw, and a win. But uh <laughs> you're right. I, I I'm still gonna go three two West Ham. I, West Ham is like Liverpool, like is a Liverpool. I feel like they always give Liverpool a little bit of trouble. So yeah, they become a, uh, Peak, peak West Ham always plays us against everyone else. They're they're horrible. But then when we get them, it's peak West Ham. Mark Noble's like Jared Bowen, Jared Ronaldinho. His life, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna turn into prime fucking R nine. Um, also, is, is I think Declan Rice is still out. He's been out for a long time. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to predict this one. Um, let's let's do three uh, one Liverpool though. I'm gonna go probably like 2-2 two, two or 3-3. Three, three. I think both teams are capable of, of putting in a lot of goals and also having some some kind of nightmares. All right, well, next on the docket, we have a uh, bottom – it's Jesse Marshall's first game, and he's playing Leicester. So, I mean, I don't know. I just go either way. I'm going to go with the 1-0 one, one Leicester because I just – they're a better team, so it's gonna be like three 0 Leicester. I think they're gonna they're gonna have a pretty convincing win. Uh, two one leads. Um, really? New manager bounce, and that's the only reason I'm saying that. I thought about it, but I don't think leads like I don't think this is like it's gonna be that big of a new manager bounce. I think Maybe they're a team better. totally capable of like taking advantage of a new new manager bounce because of the exciting brand that they play. Um, look, I, okay, actually, I, like yeah, I, I think three two is a better scoreline. I think it's gonna be high scoring. I mean, that's fun. I mean, I would love the leads is a fun team, and so is Leicester. So, uh, all right, moving on. We have a big clash in La Liga. Betis is playing Atletico for really if Betis loses this game, Barca could leapfrog them in the table and Atletico could also get a stronghold in Champions League race. So uh, I'm going to go. I actually think this is going to be a draw, but I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. 
I think Atletico will win this one. They have something to prove. I don't think Atletico scored that many goals. I think they're either going to win 1-0 or, or they'll lose 2-1. This is going to be Betis either, like, confirming their spot in the top four or just falling off a cliff and never getting back up to the top four again. Uh, yeah, give me a draw. Um, 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. All right. Well, we in front of matchup prediction. All right. Uh, next up, we got – I'll go with the I'll go with the the Champions League. Roma is playing Atalanta uh, in a Champions League clash in Serie A. Uh, I will go with a three zero Atalanta win. I'm gonna go. It's gonna be pretty convincing. I'll go two one Roma. I think I'm with Karen actually. Three three one. Um, I, I I do that. I'm gonna go. Two one, Atalanta. And finishing off, we have probably the biggest game next week in the actuality of it uh, in all of Europe. Napoli's playing Milan in a one and two title clash to finish off the to to, to honestly if uh, Napoli if they beat Milan could maybe seize a little bit of control in this title race. Uh, but I am, ah, dude, I'm on. I'm gonna actually somebody else go first. I'm really unsure about this game. I don't know who's gonna win. I call this like the truest six pointer we've ever seen. Like, I mean, not we've ever seen in this season. Um, because they're both also both like tied on points, not just one and two, they're tied on points. Um, and what's the goal difference? Let me go check. Goal difference is they're like uh, Napoli's six goals ahead. Um, yeah, all right, dude, their records are exactly the same 17 yeah. wins, six draws, four losses each. Yeah, uh, let's do 2-1 Milan. I think it'll be a 2-2 draw. I th- I think a draw is probably a really fair result. Um, I want to see Zlatan retire, so I'm going to go 2-1 Milan. <laughs> a draw would be exceptional for the narrative. A draw would be out- uh, amazing for the narrative, and, and then we just have to hope that Inter uh, – drop points again you know i'm gonna go i'm also gonna go i think you guys are right like, i can't choose between their these two teams they're too even like pretty much on anything uh and i'm gonna go two two draw i'm gonna say this though if if will inter beat salerno time i i'm not convinced they will <laughs> to, to go top of the table <laughs> so gonna... let's not forget our uh Bottom of the table, 15 points and a negative 36 goal difference. So I, I just I, I I don't know. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the three through draw. It's gonna be a high scoring game though. It's gonna be really fun. I'm actually really excited for this one. I think Inter will lose that game. I don't think Inter, like I like not not to shit on Inter, but I, I don't think like like it's very possible they don't win that game. And not because like they're a bad team, just because like Slurton really had that plot armor on their side for this game. Drawing Milan and Inter. I just love that plot armor is such a big theme in this this year's league race. <laughs> league, uh, league races. I, re- I I really hope Inter drop points so that way we can have like a, a three way race at the like last two games of the season in Serie A. I think it'd be probably Serie A's biggest shout for being one of the best leagues in the world. 
for the first time in a while. I mean, Italy's coming off. Italy's coming off a, a Euro win. They got to qualify for the World Cup. And I mean, uh, it, say Inter Juventus go to a semifinal. This is a good year for them. But uh, I, 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 I don't know. If anyone has anything else, uh, I'm done with the predictions. I got, I got nothing. Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Um, not, all right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Tosswat, for coming on the show. Uh, Thanks for having. It's been a, this has been a good it's been a good year. Again, uh, all my heartfelt wishes goes out to the people in Ukraine who are having to deal with a lot of awful shit going on right now. Uh, the best. And everyone, everyone whose family is also in the Ukraine. Yeah, like hopefully that conflict. Hopefully this doesn't drag out. I'm not trying to be drafted into war in a year and a half. So um, I will uh, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.